It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. week 16 it is running back rankings time i don't know about 34 of the names today we kick it off at the top as always with christian mccaffrey kyron williams here we are hayden one against the ravens one against the saints what do you want to say about the top duo in the league right now these are by far the top two i think there's a big tier teardrop to everyone else i also want to say that we should probably spend more time at like the top of this because there's only four yeah. teams remaining in fantasy so we don't have to scroll all the way down those teams have been eliminated also caveat here i'll keep updating my rankings there's quarterback news offensive line news and then some of these other running backs there's lots of injury news that's still completely unsettled so i'll be tinkering this throughout the week so just make sure you come back uh, to us and we will have a Sunday morning show for the people out there. Obviously, you have a game on Thursday. Obviously, you have three games on Saturday. It's a, it's a right? great year to, to hate your family. <laughs> for real. I, I got in trouble on Twitter for posting that the NFL is really making you decide between football and family this year. Uh, okay, let's do another 34 names. I quickly do want to add with Kyron Williams. Obviously, he's been just insane in terms of volume right now. And even in like a worst case scenario last week when a head coach could theoretically have like split it up after two fumbles. Nope, not the case at all. The saints though, have not allowed a 100 yard rusher on the season. Interesting. But yeah. at the same time, they are allowing a run of 10 or more yards on a league high 14.6% of runs against them. How do those stats even make sense together? <laughs> right? I don't know. Uh, I, my stat for Kyron Williams it over the last month, Kyron Williams has, five more points than the second closest in expected points. That's, that. This workload is just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, let's go through 32 more names, and it kicks off in Tier 2 with your running back three. That is Raheem Mostert against the Dallas Cowboys. Hayden, my ears perked up a little bit. I know it's only Wednesday, and we have a long way to go, but Cameron Wolf of NFL Network reporting that the entire starting offensive line for the Miami Dolphins was not practicing today. Neither was Tyreek. I mean, they gave everybody a rest day. The the Dolphins have been himself. Pretty, yeah, the the Dolphins have been pretty uh, pretty lenient on the practices on Wednesday. Not really concerned about that. I thought both running backs looked really good last week for Miami, and I think more importantly, obviously, we are always going to have the Dolphins projected really well in team right. total. But this week, the matchup leans run. The Cowboys are now the worst team in rushing success rate allowed. Wow. No lane Vander Esch. They're obviously their stud linebacker. He's been on injured reserve. Jonathan Hankins, their defensive tackle, probably the most important run defender on the team. He has a high ankle sprain missed last week when James Cook went crazy. So assuming that Jonathan Hankins is out again, this is just an absolute smash spot against the Cowboys. Yeah, I love we can, we can pinpoint one player being out, meaning it's going to be a boom week. And as you said, last in rushing success rate, um, to point another stat that shouldn't go hand in hand with that. Last week, James Cook was the first runner to have 100 yards against mm -hmm. this Cowboys defense. 
at the same time. But again, as we talked about in stats versus film, it was misdirection. It was changing things up at the snap. And who better than a Shanahan tree, a Shanahan disciple, the guy who created the extravagant running game under Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco with a bunch of looky here. Nope, we're going here. Then Mike McDaniel to, uh, again, dissect this Cowboys defense. And most teams can't keep up with the Cowboys offense. That's why they like the totals, total rushing output against the Cowboys is minimum. Like you said, with the hundred yard threshold, but teams that could keep up with the Cowboys can stay in neutral game scripts. You can run on them and that's setting up for Miami. Okay. Speaking of James cook, is your running back four. This is at the Los Angeles Chargers. We also maybe get a new manager coach bounce here, theoretically. Um, I will say the pass defense for the Chargers has been much worse than their run defense. Not saying that that has been good. And at the same exact time, under Joe Brady as the new play caller of this team, 20, 22, 15, and 27 touches in that time frame. And some of them have been schemed up touches down the field, wheel routes. We saw the one touchdown last week against a safety. So I think even the the Chargers linebackers and safety play, uh, James Cook can get going through the air. But I still think the Chargers ground defense is still really bad, too. This yeah. is an eruption spot for James Cook, and just he's getting all the usage. So I've fully adjusted. This is a Joe Brady system that wants to get James Cook going, and it certainly is working. Speaking of the receiving game for running backs, remember uh, who got CEH drafted in the first round? It was uh, Joe Brady's LSU offense. Let's remember mm-hmm. back to those notes. And over the past four weeks, according to Rich Rebar in his worksheet, Buffalo running backs have 24.5% of the team's targets. That's the fifth most in the league prior to Joe Brady. That was below 15%, which was 27th in the league. And we know in that same frame, uh, in the last four weeks, James Cook has a league high 182 receiving yards of all running backs across the league. Beautiful. Buffalo, number one team total. Everything's we, clicking. We've talked about Kenneth Murray. We've talked about Eric Kendricks, how these guys are either bad or aging. Well, here you go. Try to keep up with James Cook. Yeah. Rashad White, speaking of receiving game, is up next. It's against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll immediately go to my note on that receiving aspect. Um, the Jaguars are 34 first and receiving points allowed to running backs a season. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. My, my notes are pretty simple. He doesn't come off the field and he's been amazing as a receiver. So I don't know what's not to like about this matchup. <laughs> I mean, the yeah, usage I mean, mind. We, we, we do talk about how Jacksonville's defense is top 10, let's say in rushing points allowed each week, but their weakness lines up to the strength of what we've seen from Rashad White over the last nine or so weeks, his strength coming out of Arizona State, and what Dave Canales was drawing up against mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers last week. And the Bucks are even worse. Yeah. Or, excuse me, the Jaguars are even worse at giving up receiving points to back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Rashad White, this is a smash spot for him, I think. If people are going to get upset, Hayden. Your running back six is uh, B. John Robinson against the Indianapolis Colts. Explain yourself. Well, we always go to the team totals. And what if I told you the Atlanta Falcons are top 10 in projected points this week? And what if I said that it seems like Arthur Smith is panicking and there's now reports coming out that maybe he could lose his job if things don't click well? Well, if I was in Arthur Smith's shoes and I wanted to impress my owner, I would be giving the guy that we just spent a top 10 overall pick on the ball a lot. So this takes some cojones, but 
my question to you, if you don't like this Bijan Robinson ranking, then who is scoring the touchdowns for the Falcons? Because Vegas thinks there will be more than usual. Typically, the Falcons are like 17, 18 points. Now we're at 23. So someone scoring touchdowns, I hope it's Bijan. Yeah, I can't wait for three Taylor Heineke rushing touchdowns. Uh, no, I'm, I'm with you. We get so focused on what just happened this past week. And to me, we did our best trying to outline it in stats versus film that the weather plays a factor in that the Falcons were no threat of throwing the football. So the mm -hmm. Panthers played base defense at 52%, the highest rate in the league last week. And it just feels like, especially when we talk about also goal line situations, Arthur Smith for a majority of the season has trusted Tyler Algier in those moments. I looked at the base percentages that the Colts put out there on the field, 18.8%. Uh, so some four-man boxes, five-man, six-man boxes. Uh, Bijan Robinson should see some great looks out there. Colts third worst against fantasy running backs on top of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. And look, if we just rewind prior to last week, there was a lot of optimism that Bijan Robinson might be one of the dudes that you need in your fantasy football playoffs. I mean, he had a four game stretch of at least 15 touches. That, that's what I was going to say too. It's Bijan this throughout this entire season has kind of been a tease back and forth with yeah. his game logs going crazy. So let's just smooth things out and hopefully post by rookie bump. Bijan pays off. Last chance, Arthur Smith. Don't don't mess it up. I will say what we said prior to the season of he needs 300 plus touches to pay off as a top 12 draft pick has come to fruition mm -hmm. right now through 14 games as a rookie, including that one where he had a headache and obviously didn't touch the ball until the final two minutes. Uh, he has 217 touches yeah. this season. So he's not going to hit that 300 mark. Mm -hmm. And that was the main difference of rookies drafted highly who really paid off uh, as potential top 12 overall picks. And he is not. No, he is not. Okay. Good conversation. Alvin Kamara is next. I love this one. Alvin Kamara at the Los Angeles Rams. Only Christian McCaffrey has more overall touches than Alvin Kamara since he's returned from his bye this season. Or his suspension, I should say. He's been very good for throughout that stretch for the most part. This last month, RB7 on RB6 usage. So I slide him in as my RB7. Pick'em Lobby has this at 83 and a half yards. We've seen Jamal Williams slide in a couple more times Uh throughout this last month now that Jamal Williams is healthy, but uh, new Orleans just in general has been more run heavy, a little bit more balanced recently. And obviously that's going to go to Alvin Kamara uh, for most of it. It does seem like Chris Olave is going to return here, but I also like the Rams chances just to keep going back and forth in this one as well. Um, so let's hopefully Alvin Kamara on Thursday night football, catch a couple passes and that this game kind of shoot out. So your running back eight overall really shocked me based okay. on our conversations in stats versus film because that man's name is Brees Hall. This yeah. is against the Washington Commanders. Talk to me here. This one also surprised me, but <laughs> I refreshed. I, I kept refreshing the team totals to make sure something's not up. The Jets are projected for over 20 points this week. Typically, they're at 13, 14, 15 points, and Brees has been uh, has popped off in some of those games. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, this is the perfect opportunity against the Commanders. Remember, they just put their linebacker, Jameen Davis, on injured reserve. They don't have their top two uh, edge defenders as well. So somebody scoring touchdowns for, for the New York Jets. I hope it's Brees Hall. I hope they get him going in the receiving game. They are 
uh, still the only team with a running without a running back touch inside the five yard line. They gave yeah. one to the fullback. Yeah, but the Jets are projected for way more points this week than they have been this entire season. So okay, the mass has to check out. Let's spend a bit more time with this. Maybe the team that drafted Brees Hall is in the fantasy semifinals. Maybe. But if so, they're probably debating him versus some other names that we'll get to on this list, like Ty Chandler, for example. Or So he's the running back 14 in consensus rankings this week. He's obviously your running back eight. We theorize that this is a lost remainder of the season for this team. Why would you potentially put someone like Brees Hall, who is going to be a foundation piece for you, in there as often as they might if he was a contender? And also, Hayden, are we getting Trevor Simeon here at quarterback? Possibly. We'll see. I think it's too early to tell. With that, obviously, I'd rather have it be Zach Wilson. Um, but then even like just beyond the Jets' side of things where their team total is high, Washington has allowed an opposing running back to score over 19 half PBR points in six straight games. That's yeah. every single game since the trades when they fully went into tank. But 19 half PBR points is a humongous threshold for six straight running backs to hit that. So trust me, this is like everyone in this kind of tier has some flaws, but at least I know Brees Hall is going to catch a bunch of passes. And I do think if there is a, a week where one of these bounces off for a huge uh, gain. I think I like my chance against the commanders more than any of the other teams. Okay. There it is. Plus he gets to practice with Aaron Rodgers all week. And we know that's like a wow. huge boost to success. Okay. Huge. You're running back nine is Aaron Jones at the Carolina Panthers. I think the usage that Aaron Jones got last week coming off of injury is not getting enough publicity. I completely agree. He had 17 touches. He played 29 snaps. So even in a part-time snap role, he almost touched the ball every single time he was out there on the field. And it certainly feels like that right now. It's too early in the week. We don't know if Christian Watson or Jaden Reed is going to return here. Also with AJ Dillon, all those guys are on the injury report as of Wednesday. And I think that Aaron Jones should be a little bit healthier going into this one. On top of that, the Packers offense is continuing to move the ball. I know they lost some really bad games recently, but they're at least moving the ball. And Carolina's defense has just been really bad, allowing the most rushing EPA, their fourth worst against fantasy running backs. So I'm with you that it kind of got overlooked at how much volume Aaron Jones got just because he didn't pop off. But I do think that this Packers offense is definitely schemed up appropriately. And I think that Aaron Jones has a chance to kind of uh, pay in. Obviously, if A.J. Dillon's in, I'll probably move him down a couple spots here. But uh, if it's the same setup as last week, I like Aaron Jones' chances. I, I think some people might come at you for saying Carolina Panthers' defense has been really bad this year. From a counting stats perspective, they are allowing like a very low yardage totals and those types of things. But that's more against the pass than mm-hmm. against the run so far. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, for a guy coming off of injury, yes, you limit his snap counts. But then giving him 17 touches is just monstrous. And so if we Crazy. like – get 65 percent of snaps then again and you hover at least around that 17 touch mark mm-hmm. fantastic stuff okay you're running back 10 this week he's back just in time jonathan taylor we hope we hope everything is trending in this direction hayden why do you have trust against an atlanta falcons defense i'm not sure if i have trust uh i do think that there is room for upside here just before we logged on Zach Moss with that forearm did not practice. Jonathan Taylor was a full participant. So that's very good news. This ranking assumes that Moss is out and Jonathan Taylor is in. In Jonathan Taylor's six healthiest games of the year, he's averaged 15 half PBR points on 15 expected points. Those are both fringe RB1 numbers. The Falcons matchup is kind of goes back and forth. 
so far they're third best against fantasy running backs because you know the Falcons offense is so slow paced there's not a lot of volume there at the same time the Falcons are missing Grady Jarrett their defensive tackle by far their best defensive lineman so hopefully this game has a little bit more pace than we've seen uh against other Falcons uh games but I'm just hoping that Zach Moss is out and Jonathan Taylor's out or in there and let's remind people this is a thumb injury you know, that's different than an ankle or a knee or a calf or a hamstring or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's a thumb injury that he had surgery on. And at worst, he might have to what hold the football with just one arm yeah. in comparison to being able to switch it, depending on what side of the field he's running on. But we'll see. I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic for John. Taylor, that's for sure. I, I am tracking to see how different this offense might look without Michael Pittman if he does miss this game. He was limited. He had an extra couple of days to get back healthy um, from the concussion protocol. So hopefully he is out there. Okay. Ty Chandler is your running back 11. You know, I love this one. Um, all that we've gotten, I'll pull up some quotes here. Wow. Um, Kevin O'Connell. I mean, it's just glowing Juicy. remark after glowing <laughs> remark. Um, quote, we're kind of building with the mindset that Ty is going to be a guy. We're trying to get the ball to a lot, both in the run and the pass. And if we have Alexander Madison, that's going to be a huge bonus for the depth and making sure we have our full group available. All you need to see in one start was Ty Chandler. Right. And Alexander Madison didn't practice on Wednesday on top of it with an ankle injury. So I don't think he's going to even be available. Even if he is, I don't care about Alexander Madison. Ty Chandler just too big, strong. And the offensive line is too good right now. He had uh, 17.7 expected points last week. Looked good on that. Lions run defense has been good throughout this entire year. No defense tackle, Liam McNeil uh, does help Ty Chandler's chances here, but they're going to throw him three, four, five yep. check down screens. And I think that this is one of the teams that can actually boogie in the screen game. And I think that Ty Chandler has a chance, unlike Alexander Madison, to rip off a 40 yard touchdown. Uh, you know, he has more games already of 100 more yards this season than Alexander Madison does. Not a surprise, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Our guy, this is why we watch preseason is for people like Ty Chandler, you know? Okay. Running back 12, Chuba Hubbard. This is against that Green Bay Packers defense. Uh, Chuba Hubbard now has 93 touches over the past four games. That is second to only Kyron Williams over that stretch. And as we just saw, the Packers are allowing 5.1 yards per carry to running backs over their past six games. That's good for 30th in the NFL. And then throughout the entire season, they've been fourth worst in just total rushing yards to running backs. No linebackers, no safety play. It's been a mess. Chuba Hubbard. My favorite thing about that, like we're looking at his his production over the last month, the Panthers have averaged less than 11 points as a team. So if we can get the Panthers, you know, score 20 points, Chuba Hubbard can like completely break the slate. The usage is not going anywhere. He's completely the foundation of the offense. And what if the Panthers score a couple more touchdowns in a game? He has a chance to pop off. Yeah. Again, we keep talking about the gap scheme changes and things of the sort. And that has certainly paid off uh, since, let's say, Thomas Brown took over, even though he was the one who kind of wanted to out- install the outside. So, yeah, it's very stuff. weird. Very weird. <laughs> hey, it's like almost every decision was bad this season for the Carolina yeah. Panthers. They tried to do 19 systems in, in one season. <laughs> Try everything. Bring all these voices and see what sticks. Yeah, get you fired. Okay, Devin Singletary is up next. As you're running back 13, this is against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, we all saw all of the volume that Devin Singletary uh, got last week. 
Hayden, it might hit a bit different now that he's facing the Cleveland Browns, who are allowing just 0.56 yards per carry before contact. Oof. The number one mark in the NFL, according to the great Richie Barr. It's one of these where I'm trying to weigh 22 expected points last week, not including a walk-off 30 or 40-yard touchdown on top of that. Damian Pierce played four snaps last week. Devin Singletary played 75% of the snaps, but at the same time, C.G. Stroud, it seems like he's basically been ruled out. Texans team total is at under 19. Don't love that. Don't love the matchup. But, man, it is hard to find running backs that play 75% of the snaps are the goal line back and get used in the receiving game. So upside boom bust RB2 I think is appropriate for him. Could this be one of those cases too that Case Keenan has obviously played for a while, but like a best in the NFL, top two in the NFL defense swarms a bottom five quarterback in their offense? You know, I I was actually surprised to see the Texans projected for almost 19 points. I thought this was going to be closer to like, 15, 16. Maybe they're hoping for like a Joe Flacco interception two or three that gives them short fields at the same time. Um, We shall see. I mean, we we basically get a version of the 2015 NFL season with Case Keenan versus Joe Flacco this week. We do. What what could go wrong? (laughs) This Texans offensive line, though, good in pass protection, quite bad still in run block. There, there's a lot of offensive line injury news for the Texans. We'll kind of update you guys before the next game. Uh, they might be getting some guys back. Okay. This also surprised me when going through your rankings. Jameer Gibbs is your running back 14, and I'll just pull him up here. Mm-hmm. I believe David Montgomery is around your running back 21 yeah. as well. Um, this is at the Minnesota Vikings. One of, I think, the specialties of the show is we talk about individual matchups mm-hmm. and not just player usage and carrying that over because matchups can dictate how either entire backfields or specific players in backfields are utilized. Over the last month, Gibbs and Montgomery have been running back 23 and 24 in expected points. They get there in different ways. I'm with you that... Jameer Gibbs, it's a it's a big test because Minnesota is going to bring the house and how much do they trust Gibbs and pass protection? We typically see players like David Montgomery play more against Minnesota because a little bit more trusted in pass protection. That said, Jameer Gibbs just been providing way more juice than David Montgomery on the runs to the outside. If they can slip a screen in against a blitz, maybe Jameer Gibbs pops off. I just think that Jameer Gibbs has earned a ranking ahead of David Montgomery based off of the explosive play ability. That said, I still think David Montgomery can play a bunch of snaps here, find the end zone. Detroit team total is at 25 points. It's about right in line where they have been despite playing on the road. I guess like you run into kind of the the matchup concerns with Jared Goff too, like on the road, but it's also in a dome. He struggles historically against pressure. Minnesota brings a lot of pressure. Yeah. But we'll see how that goes. Vegas doesn't seem to mind here. So I think both of them as RB2s, while they continue to kind of split work, seems appropriate to me. Yeah, so uh, love all that. Last time, well, not last time. One of the times that we have seen a team bring a lot of heat was back in week one, 15 weeks ago. You know, Jameer Gibbs, first game in the NFL. Dave Montgomery is now in his second contract in the league mm-hmm. after starting for a very long time. We know Jared Goff is a statue back there. And the Lions basically asked David Montgomery to be the personal protector for Jared Goff. Um, 
Then, I think when Dave Montgomery was injured against the Baltimore Ravens earlier this year, we know that Jameer Gibbs started that game and he saw six pass pro snaps and did quite well in that, okay. you know? Then this past week, it's just a one-game sample. Jameer Gibbs, based on the situation, saw more pass pro reps than Dave Montgomery. I guess what my point is that we've already seen Dave Montgomery be trusted in pass pro situations, which we are calling attention to because probably no team forces a defense to keep their back in the backfield more often than the Minnesota Vikings because of pressure looks, because of sending players from different angles, and especially a quarterback like Jared Goff. So we have seen Jameer Gibbs earn so much trust and be utilized in different ways than he was obviously at the start of the season that it would not shock me at all to your point that now it is wildly different yeah. than what we saw in week one and that he is trusted in, hey, we know that you're bringing heat, but we trust our first round rookie um, to hold up and give us a shot to hit downfield passes. And it doesn't have to be like an either or with Gibbs and David Montgomery. The totally. Vikings just in general are six best against fantasy running back. So both of them could be like totally fine and we could be right schematically. And then we're, I think we're ultimately still flipping coins. Who's the one to score touchdowns in this one. And I think they're kind of rotating drive by drive uh, in a perfect world. They'd get David Montgomery in at the goal line. But like we saw uh, previously, Jameer Gibbs, if they're at the four yard line, it's been his drive. He will get that touch. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs scored on two 12-yard touchdowns last week. I think if they get inside the five-yard line this week, then they're going to try to get Dave Montgomery a touchdown. Yeah. Like, we kind of see them give a bit of balance mm -hmm. to both over the last few weeks once um, once Jameer Gibbs has uh, emerged. Let's put it that way. But, man, this, this backfield is electric. How many points are they projected for this week? I think it's like 25. So, yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. On the road. It's a lot of points. Okay. Fun conversation. Next, Kenneth Walker. Love this. Um, there have been points this season when people have been nervous about the volume that Kenneth Walker might get. Reading into press conference quotes of how much Pete Carroll loves Zach Charbonnet. Both were coming off injury last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. And what we saw was a dominant effort for Kenneth Walker. And now he faces on the road the Tennessee Titans, a defense that has allowed, I believe, five top 12 scoring running backs over their last six games. That lines up with defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons missing and also recently defensive tackle Tier Tart also being released from the team. I don't think the Titans are very good. They've lost all of their best defensive players. Right now, the last two games, Raheem Mostert, 22.5 points, Devin Singletary, 19 against Tennessee. So this pass funnel, while I do think that is true, uh, you can pass against Tennessee. It's kind of just a offensive funnel run or pass. And I do think, like you said, Kenneth Walker to me has separated over Zach Charbonnet. Just whenever he touches the ball, he's a walking big play ready to happen. So uh, I'm just not scared of the Titans defensive line anymore. They're just not even on the field. Next Devon Achan. This is your running back 16. This is against the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, that defense that we talked about that was all over the place with misdirection. Um, I think that Devon Achan outscores this running back 16 ranking this week. I think it's certainly possible. The uh, Dolphins right now are number one in running back fantasy usage over this month. He has been the running back 18 in usage since coming off of injury. 
it has been Raheem Mostert at the goal line. That's why I have him ranked ahead. Obviously, Raheem's definitely capable of big plays, but you have to love Devon H. Han's big play ability based off the matchup, especially if Jonathan Hankins uh, misses that defensive tackle. So he's looked explosive. It's just been the difference of not like ripping off 20 yard gains without touchdowns versus 60 yard touchdowns like we've seen with Devon H. Han. So, uh, where would you, would you rather have him like over Chuba Hubbard in Tai Chandler? Like what? Like where? Evan where Singletary. Like? I had a Devin Singletary. I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Questionable for Week 16 is Isaiah Pacheco with a shoulder injury. Uh, I guess signs might be pointing to him playing this week. It's against the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, the last times we have seen him, he was dominating this backfield, and then he popped up obviously with this injury, and we haven't seen him since. He had 23 half PPR points against the Raiders uh, this season, so obviously we like the matchup. The huge difference, though, is when Pacheco was absolutely balling, that was when Jarek McKinnon wasn't a part of the game plan. He was injured. Well, Jarek McKinnon's been back scoring touchdowns uh, in this offense. So I think it'll probably go back to that workload where he's a kind of an RB2. Chiefs projected for over 25 points again, one of the highest of the week. Um, so I think RB2 numbers make some sense coming off of uh, shoulder surgery. Don't love that. I think this will be kind of a one, two committee again. And he's been an RB two uh, in that role. Tony Pollard up next at the Miami dolphins, Miami's defense, quite solid. Tony Pollard getting some volume, but we're also coming off like the worst performance from this offense this season. I've seen Enrico Dowdle pop in, in more like high leverage spots uh, recently. I'm not sure if running against the Dolphins is the way to do this, if this is a high-scoring affair. And he just hasn't been ripping off the big plays throughout this entire season. So this is kind of where he like has averaged out over the course of the season. And the Dolphins is hard because they're number one in like every metric since Jalen Ramsey's been out there. They've also played some of the most horrific quarterbacks ever. But I do think even removing the schedule and like removing that context – it would make sense to me if the Dolphins are just a really good defense moving forward. So yeah. I think a bad matchup for Tony Pollard uh, just in general. Okay. Joe Mixon closes out your top 19 running backs. Um, he was the one last week against the Minnesota Vikings that put some terrible pass protection on tape. Uh, <laughs> Not a surprise. He, I mean, he, he was asked to do a 10 snaps last week and failed in many of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he gets the Pittsburgh Steelers and – even with last week included, his usage has been sky high because we know that Jake Browning plus Zach Taylor are doing a lot in terms of getting running back opportunities near the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, and asking them to win after the catch. That's right. But Chase Brown is in there mixing in a little yep. bit more. We'll see how much that escalates throughout the season. Pick'em Lobby has Joe Mixon at only a 70 uh, total yards. Um, which is kind of in this range. There's been other players we just mentioned that are like 77, 83. Um, so this is where the pick em lobby kind of slides in, even though Joe Mix over the last month, has, he's been the running back six on running back three usage this month. I just don't trust those huge screen plays and overall Jake Browning experience to hold up quite as much. I think Jake Browning is a solid enough player, but um, they've been running about as pure as possible with the explosive play yards after the catch stuff. And I think, I'm not sure how much I want to buy into that type of uh, production. Your running back 20 has had a weird season. Very. That is Travis Etienne at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is, again, from the great Rich Rebar in his worksheet. Quote, what if I told you 
that Travis Etienne has rushed for more than 56 yards in just how many games do you think this year? Three. Four. Yeah. Four it's games. It's been a while too, right? Yeah. It hasn't happened. Oh, it's only happened once. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's only happened once since week five. Yeah. They, they're terrible in screens. They're terrible in penalties. Uh, they're terrible in short yarded situations, and that's why this offense feels really gross to watch. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence is able to clear. He did not practice today. There's been some optimism in like the media, but guess what? We're talking about concussions. Uh, your brain doesn't care about media coverage here. Did not practice on Wednesday. We'll see what happens later on in the week. This is kind of like tentative where Trevor Lawrence is going to miss. Um, he just been he just hasn't been very good for for a while, and it. it I think the offensive line has just not gelled oh, yeah. as I mean, well as it needed to. Since the bye week, which is typically when things kind of gel because you get to reset, mm-hmm. and I think injuries have played a part in this, Sheriff's Etienne has carried the ball 78 times for 3.3 yards per carry. He is averaging just .47 yards before contact Oof. per carry on that span, which is 33rd out of 36 running backs. Yeah, it's like facing the Browns every single week. Like yes. I said with the last, this last name stat, <laughs> crazy. The Jaguars' offensive line – makes the opposing defense the Cleveland Browns run stoppers. Yeah, they have Miles Garrett as their guard. (laughs) (laughs) Just crazy. I mean, and to the point we said about just the rushing totals, earlier in the season, he was getting there with receiving totals on top of that. And now this team is not being successful, being effective Mm -hmm. in receiving game two running backs. They might have to. It seems like Zay is going to be out there. Christian Kirk is unavailable. Like we are limiting who right. you can throw the ball to. So maybe we get a couple more chances from them. But they're they're one of the worst screen teams in the entire league. They're like 28th and they run the most screens in the NFL and they're really bad at it. Okay. Running back 22. DeAndre Swift. This is against the New York Giants. Hayden, talk to me because uh, DeAndre Swift had a case of falling down at the onesies last week. He there's been a plenty of humongous <laughs> holes where other running backs are still running and David or uh, uh, DeAndre Swift has fallen. It beats me. I've been pretty critical of DeAndre Swift. There's also been weeks where I want to flag plant him as somebody that has a chance to go off. This is one of them. And I was trying to move DeAndre Swift higher and higher and higher. But when you have no teams on by, all of these guys have plenty of upside. The Giants have allowed the third most uh, running back rushing yards. They are 12-point home favorites, second-highest team total of the week. This is a total eruption spot wow. for DeAndre Swift. The problem is he's been the running back 42 on running back 27 usage this month. How, Josh, how could you have play behind the Eagles' offensive line and be an under-projected uh, player on the models? Well, and the other part of this is now Landon Dickerson is going to miss, too, mm-hmm. when they're starting yeah. guards. Um well, I, I think how you can is because, and I'm not joking, you keep falling down the oh. one-yard line, and then Jalen Hurts gets the touchdown. It really yeah. is that simple. Yeah. Like, again, we talked about it. I was playing Jalen Hurts against him last week, and you notice all these dudes just falling down the three and the two-yard line when it feels like any other back in the league would get there in the end zone. Yeah. But no. He's he's not falling this week, and he's running into the end zone at least once. You heard it here first. Okay. You're running back 23 might actually be uh, one of the players you're higher on a little bit than consensus. Uh, there are a couple spots later. That is James Connor. What the funny thing about this Arizona team this year is in years past, we've talked about with Cliff Kingsbury, 
how much receiving usage Chase Edmonds and then James Conner got. Arizona has targeted their running backs at a league low 13.3% of the time. I was actually talking to Colt about it this week. Obviously, Drew Petzing comes from Kevin Stefanski's offense. Guess who Kevin Stefanski is featuring right now? David Njoku. Guess who Drew Petzing is featuring right now? Mm-hmm. Trey McBride. It all makes sense here. And I think even with the the head coach coming from the Eagles, I mean, what team doesn't never throws uh, passes to running backs? It's that tree as well. So, yeah, he just needs good game scripts. This game is supposed to be really close against the Bears. Arizona's team total is at 20 points. That's higher than it typically is. Uh, he's averaged almost 14 expected points in his five games coming off of injury. Uh, obviously, this is kind of a boom-bust play because it requires some decent game scripts, but I think I weirdly think that the Cardinals-Bears game could be a little bit more high-scoring than people want to give credit to just because you have dual-threat quarterbacks against, I think, pretty suspect defenses here. Um, and we'll see if James Conner can continue to be one of the most underrated players in the league. The yards after k- contact and explosive play raiders much better than what people want to give him credit for. Yeah, I said that all about Arizona not throwing to their running backs. Chicago is the worst at covering running backs out of the yeah. backfield in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So, Derek Henry up next. This is Question. quite the next group of, of names <laughs> coming out your way. Just as what, what do you want to say about Derek Henry against the Seattle Seahawks? Because... Derrick Henry knows these are his last few games with the team. Um, I wonder if he knows that, how much he would want to play, if he totally wants to play, like dominate the touches, or if the team even wants to maybe get Tajay Spears a little bit more involved as they look ahead to 2024. Same questions I had in my notes, just with the Titans eliminated from playoff contention. Do you just see rookie Tajay Spears get the ball more? I don't think we know. We also don't know who's going to be the quarterback uh, Will Levis on a bum ankle doesn't sound very intriguing to me. I would rather it be Ryan Tannehill at this point, but we'll see if how much <laughs> Ryan Tannehill wants to come off the bench and get ready. Uh, offensive line still has some issues. Derek Henry has been super game script dependent, and I'm just a little bit worried that these next couple of guys, now that they're older, eliminated from playoff contention, these guys tend to kind of like slowly ride off into the sunset. Yeah, I mean three of these four backs in a row here, uh, we could get in the time machine and get a bit more hyped about them because Saquon Barkley is up next. Um, We've seen some insane Saquon Barkley games attached to Tommy DeVito, some insane volume and opportunity to go along Mm -hmm. with that. But it feels like he has to run pure and hot and the Giants do too in order for that to hit or else it's kind of just average outcomes or worse. This month he's been the running back 19 on running back 22 usage. This week, now the Giants are basically eliminated from the playoffs, projected for the second fewest points on the entire week, facing the Eagles defensive line here. Everything's working against Saquon Barkley. Uh, He can still pop off because he is Saquon Barkley, but he's also expiring contract. How much does he want to put himself out there? He does have a lot of incentives. Um, I'd have to go back and look at since he missed some time, if he could even achieve those. Probably not. So we'll see how much... Saquon Barkley wants to be used. Um, and then also Tommy Cutlets runs around a little bit more underrated athlete, sneaky, sneaky athletic, some say. And he's been stealing a couple of Saquon's uh, yards on the ground. Next, Josh Jacobs. Um, I'll give you a quote from Antonio Pierce on the status and availability of his lead running back. I think he was close to last week playing. 
That was a decision we all made for the best interest of him. If I had to be a betting man, you can't be, sir. You'll get suspended. <laughs> I would think he would play this game. I think he'll play too. A uh, couple problems though. Uh, expiring contract, team basically limited from playoffs. On top of that, they're projected for under 16 points in Kansas City. I think if you really zoom into the matchup, Kansas City's run defense isn't as good as their pass defense, though they just got a linebacker back in there. And I just look at the team till 16 points. It's it's an uphill battle. Going from 63 points scored to Vegas projecting you for 16 points is a weird look. Yeah, well, you can't play the Chargers every week. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott is up next at the Denver Broncos. Hayden, last week we asked, just how low can you rank a back who had 27-ish touches? Mm -hmm. uh, the answer was not low enough. Yeah. And now we have all readjusted, and I believe he is your running back 27 on the week. Patriots projected for 14 points this week. That said, Zeke is going to touch the ball as much as he can, assuming Ramondre Stevenson is going to miss another one. The Broncos, though, are really bad up the middle. We saw that get exposed last week. Um, they just don't have the linebacker or safety play in the box right now to make a difference. So this is where he deserves to be because the Patriots only projected for 14 points, but damn, he is going to get the touches. Yeah, and then on the opposite end, Javante Williams is your running back 28. Any thoughts on him? New England number one in rushing EPA and number one in rushing success rate this season. So and Javante Williams has just been an under expectation player for a long time and i guess you'd have to worry that coming back did he come back a little bit too early from that huge injury and then like later in the season like it's a lot to kind of handle uh coming off of multi-ligament surgery and a little bit more of a committee at times in denver and just having the matchup is just really really bad before we move on from zeke i do want to add denver gave up what 190 yards and two scores to the detroit lions backfield obviously the Lions plus Ben Johnson Zeker their offensive line <laughs> is a bit different than Zeke running at you. But just in total, they are allowing 18 rushing points per game, which is 31st mm -hmm. in the NFL. Yeah, so it's a good matchup for Zeke, except the Patriots are projected for 14 points. <laughs> One problem. Well, Austin Eckler's up next. Um, he has gone over 70 total yards just one time since week 10. This is against the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to Matt Harmon and his podcast that he does mm -hmm. weekly with Austin Eckler. Um, did you see that Austin Eckler responded to the 13 mile per hour comments mm -hmm. that you, Hayden Winks, made about him saying that his ankles were taped in a way that he could not get on his toes and stride out? Still a problem, in my opinion. I love Austin Eckler. Uh, I didn't tweet the next-gen stats. Next-gen stats tweeted that out. I just said he looks pretty slow on this one. I hope he's healthy. The He's coming off a season low in usage, only seven expected points last week. They did get two other running backs involved. He's an expiring contract. How much does Austin Eckler even want to go take hits right now um, on this team? They're only projected for 16 points. I watched the Bills have a fantastic defensive matchup against the Cowboys last week Austin uh, or um Keenan Allen isn't practicing yeah I just think this is like a completely zombie team ready to go to Cancun um yeah I'm rooting for Austin Eckler. I love Austin Eckler um just it's it's not it's not him right now it's 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 the team well said Gus Edwards 
now will get back to a heavier workload. We know that he is most likely to score a touchdown out of that running back group. But when that all happens, he runs into the buzzsaw that is the San Francisco 49ers defense. Only 46 and a half total yards in the pick'em lobby. I think I like that. Uh, I'll, I'll take some hires on Gus Edwards on that. The matchup is really bad, obviously, where you're playing the, the 49ers, but they need him. I think we've maxed out what Justice Hill can be in the NFL, and I think that you want Gus Bus in a way bigger role. You can't play Melvin Gordon. So I think it'll be back to where Gus Bus, when we remember when we were flirting with Gus Bus and like the oh, yeah. running back 12 range for a couple weeks in when a row. He had his Jamal Williams moment. That's right. This is not the matchup to take advantage of that, but that role is here. So who can kind of fart into the end zone a couple times? I think Gus Edwards certainly can. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's close out here with just like the final four running backs, right? None of you in the semifinals are playing these guys. Hopefully not. Najee Harris, Jerome Ford, Tajay Spears, who we kind of talked about, and Jerick McKinnon, who we mentioned as well. I have Jalen Warren somewhere in here, too. Uh, Najee has a little bit of an injury, so it's too early in the week to have clarity in that situation. But, yeah, I think I think if, if you are starting one of these players, something has gone wrong uh, in the semifinals. So none of these guys stand out to me. Uh, Mason Rudolph, not going to be the answer for the, the Steelers guys. Jerome Ford is losing his touches at the goal line to Kareem Hunt, and that's like the most pass-heavy team in the NFL. And then even with like Ty J Spears, if we're down on Derrick Henry, that, that does not mean we have to be high on Ty J Spears yet. Shiny nose Mason back in there. Okay. Hayden, I'm going to ask you a question and you can give me the answer. If you know, who is this? Okay. I'm zooming in. Um, man, I don't, I don't know. You don't know. I have no he, idea. He played in the league last year on the Atlanta Falcons. I still don't remember who was on the Atlanta Falcons at the end. Tyler Huntley. Wow. <laughs> yep. Wow. Chat, commenters, hopefully you all got it before I gave the answer to That's Hayden. good. Let's, let's find one more for the people out there. Um, I mean, the rest are kind of all known, aren't they? Well, I mean, that one's too obvious. How about surprise? He wasn't on Will Compton's video, you know? Yeah. Said the, CMC was the only one. That's not true. <laughs> but yeah, that is not true. Uh, my favorite picture is DJ Dallas. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Just somebody spooked him during the pictures. You know what? There it is. The last one. The last back, one. Back in the day. If you know, you know. All right. That's going to do it for us. We will have multiple videos out the rest of the week. Again, quarterbacks and tight ends tomorrow. We'll also be recording on Thursday, not Friday, because I'll be driving 10 hours down to North Carolina. The wide receiver video. Sunday morning show. We will be here ahead of those kickoffs. Uh, and again, no instant reaction show on Sunday night this week. We will wrap everything up and look ahead to the beautiful week 17 slate on Ooh. Tuesday's edition of Stats versus Film. There it is. For Hayden, for Weaves, I am Josh. Up the Velo. We'll talk to y'all soon.